Hi, I'm LaDonna. And I'm Krista. We are both mamas who have been through the loss of a child. Through our losses, we found that other moms like us craved a space to talk about their experience. So we created the Stitches podcast and ministry as a space to talk through loss. However, the space is not just to talk about loss. We want to talk about life. About the life of your child. About the life you live after their death. About the messiness of grief. And all those joy-filled moments in between. We want to create a safe haven for mamas throughout this raging storm of grief that is miscarriage, stillbirth, and infant loss. Grief is a non-linear process. Everyone's wound is different, requiring different stitches to mend. So please join us as we try to bring you a little hope and healing through the airwaves. Welcome to the Stitches Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Hi, everyone. It's LaDonna and Krista here in yep, Atchison, yep, yep. Kansas. Coming at you. From the green couch, <laughs> as usual. Um, yeah, we just, like, have been talking to each other and, like, a little bit about how we wanted to just further educate ourselves on all of the ways, basically, that women can um, experience a pregnancy loss and um, we've talked previously about how we were kind of naive and like understanding all of that and the multiple ways that it can happen. And so we just wanted to um, kind of research that for ourselves, and then like just kind of share that information with all of you. Um, I know we had said in like a previous episode, we are 100% not like medical professionals and nope. any of our doctor friends who are hearing us talk about this would probably be like, please stop. But <laughs> we have done our very best research. Um, but we're here. And That's just what sharing. We want to share on yeah. like a lower level, like not that you guys are low level. I'm, not, sure. I'm not hating. Sure. I just, I, I really just want it to be just a little bit of education, so we know. Yeah, we just know a little bit more. Yeah, and another like the ectopic um, pregnancy that Krista talked about in a different episode was one that we weren't as familiar with. Like we know women who have experienced that, but that wasn't our our situation. Um, but the one we're going to talk about today. Um, or the ones is kind of like late miscarriage and stillbirth. And that is something that's very familiar to us because that's what I experienced with the loss of Hadley. Um, and so just kind of, even though it's something that we do or did know a little bit about, um, we just weren't really clear. Like I wasn't, I know that I wasn't knowledgeable in, in specifically what either one of those meant or kind of what comes with those. And so we were just going to kind of chat about those today. Yeah. So LaDonna's in charge today. She knows everything. <laughs> yes. Not a medical professional, but I have researched my things. So. Um, yeah. So just kind of talking about late miscarriage and stillbirth. So um, stillbirth is really defined and refers to like when you have lost a fetus or a loss of pregnancy after 20 weeks. And so um, late miscarriage is kind of like just really close to that same area before your 20 weeks, though. Um which is what I experienced Correct. with Jordan. So, yeah. Yeah. Like basically I would say after your second or your first trimester. First trimester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so then stillbirth can obviously be, or is obviously um, a little bit later. So after 20 weeks, however, there are like um, specific like different types of stillbirth. So there's like a difference between early late and then also term stillbirths mm-hmm. and so all of those can be or are at different times of um, pregnancy as well so usually like an early 
Um, stillbirth is between that 20 and 27 weeks. And then if you have a late stillbirth, that's 28 to about 36 weeks of pregnancy. And then a term pregnant or a term stillbirth, excuse me, is when um, you lose your baby during pregnancy at either 37 or after. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times people and a lot of things that I was reading said that like stillbirth just has a really big misconception that that just means like you go full term and you deliver your baby and they're not right. living at that time or there's no longer a heartbeat at birth, um, which is obviously very much not the case. Um, stillbirths, like according to the CDC, is like super common. I mean, it says about one in 175 births, which is quite a few for our population, um, ranging all between those early and like term stillbirth times of of pregnancy um the unfortunate thing with stillbirth is, is that there's often um not necessarily like a specific cause um so a lot of times it's just referred to as like an unexplained stillbirth um and so there are many things that like when i was looking up it was like things that you could do and i thought about it myself as like adam and i were making these same decisions Um, when we lost Hadley at 20 weeks or delivered her at 20 weeks. And, um, but there's just like a lot of, a lot of things you can do, like as far as making a decision to get an autopsy or making the decision to do like additional genetic testing to see if it was something, um, like uterus related or Mm -hmm. fetus related, um, to determine like a cause, but that that's also not like solid Solid. evidence or proof of that that you're going to get a cause. Um, And that, again, like made me reflect on my own delivery with Hadley because that was very much the case with her. Like I, we weren't going to do any testing or any of that. But then after she was born, I was just very, I I wanted to know for certain. Um, And if you haven't heard that whole story, you can listen to my story in another episode, but um, of the sex of the baby. And so in order to do that, we, we decided to do the genetic testing and I was just praying that like that would bring about something that would kind of ease my heart and um, knowing or whatever. And it didn't. There was nothing. There was yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with with any of um, her genes or anything with her, as well as like there was nothing wrong with with my uterus or any kinds of other tests that they did. And so that's not always like a foolproof, like you're going to get an answer, um, which a lot of times is why stillbirth is just so hard it's like a complete unexpected and then in addition unexplained in the future of why it happened well, especially because you've you know in all cases of stillbirth you've gotten halfway through your pregnancy right or way more and then all of a sudden like you think you're in the clear right yeah, yeah. um yeah and, and then this happens and you don't know why and you know i've had friends that have gone in on a Friday and they had their appointment, everything was fine. And then they noticed, oh, baby's not moving as right. much or at all. Right. And then by that Monday, their baby's gone. Right. And so, I mean, that's just so, so difficult, and no matter what stage, but especially when you feel like you should have safety. Right. Yeah. You feel like you've made it that far, like you're in the clear mm-hmm. at that point. I feel like that too is a very naive thought of new moms or just any mom, because I know that was me personally, that it was like you had to get to that 12 week mark, 12 week mark before you, you know, shared the news, like you're mm-hmm. safe at 12 weeks, all is going to be well. And, and that's definitely not the case. Unfortunately, um, you pray for that. But, you know, like we've said before, and like our 
Christian belief and background and understanding that we know like we're not in control of this. So 12 weeks doesn't necessarily mean that we're in the clear. Um, but yeah, and like further looking at statistics, I thought it was really, I mean, quite honestly sad, but like saying that um, according to the CDC, like one in 75 um, births are stillbirths, but that also like even one in one, 175. Right? Yes. Okay, gotcha. And then even more so, like they said that the it was like one in three that are unexplained. So that is like incredibly oh. more like common, you know, than that it's like there's just no answer for it. They don't, there's right. no reason, you know. Well, so, and it's also, I mean, we'd like to think we know everything about birth right. and development, but it's such a miraculous process still. Like everything has to go perfect. Yes. Everything has to align. And then for us to be like, yeah, nothing was wrong. I mean, we still have probably gaps in our knowledge oh, yeah. of what could go wrong. Absolutely. And just it, it, who knows? Like yeah. I'm sure 100 years from now, we'll look back and be like, wow, how rudimentary were yeah. we? <laughs> yes, like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. That they didn't even test for X, Y, and Z. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like even in my um you know 30s there's stuff that i look back on now from my childhood i'm like well that was weird yeah (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so i mean it's just really interesting i feel like they i um i was reading about how there are obviously several things that could most definitely cause this like um just general infections or whatever whether that's like in your uterus or umbilical cord or placenta um, issues or any of those things can obviously cause this. However, it still like doesn't necessarily mean that it was that. And, you know, that one in three statistic really points out that um, a lot, a huge percentage of the time you're not going to be able to know, you know, there's not a a definitive reason, I guess. Um, And so, in terms of thinking about like how you know like you've experienced this, I know from my personal experience, um, you know, I didn't even know I was pregnant with Hadley until 16 weeks. And so once I did and we got a sonogram at that first appointment after everybody was like, holy moly, how have we, how did you not know, you know, and all of that is also for another, or in another episode, but just that. I think every, it's episode four. Yeah, something. <laughs> but everything was perfect with her. Like we got a sonogram and it was like, full-grown baby at that you know that's what it looked like and everything was perfect her heartbeat was perfect um he or she we didn't know at the time but um everything was fine and so and that was at you know just a little bit past 16 weeks and then we um were so excited to go to that half week appointment to get like the official sonogram um and you know even like my ob and the staff were like oh my gosh like we're gonna see you in four weeks and you're already halfway through this pregnancy and then we go for that and it, it was just like obviously immediate like there was no heartbeat at that appointment um and determined that like she had actually passed like a few weeks prior to that but i had no i didn't know that obviously and so mm-hmm. at that time like that um again was something we talked about before is very was very very hard for me to not know as a mom that i didn't know that or i didn't feel that but um in researching about it they said generally that's like the most um that's the most familiar symptom that sometimes moms figure out and that's how they know is like lack of activeness you know Mm -hmm. they stop feeling the baby move whether it's at that 20 weeks or on um but I feel like even at 20 weeks it's still just like those really early you know like flutters and moving and it's really hard to tell um because I had said like after even I had heard like we had lost Hadley like that night I felt like I could feel 
things her oh, moving, you're in, like, her moving and I'm like movements. no this is not and so you know I feel like you kind of feel that a little bit before like even if you before you've even experienced like a trauma like this and so um that's kind of hard unless you are in what you know one of those like late or a term a term stillbirth loss um is a little bit different because you're fully feeling like hard kicks or like seeing a foot or a booty sticking out or whatever right. and so once you stop a meet you know feeling any movement then um it's more of a sign to you to like quickly get something checked out and then you could figure it out um but in my case that wasn't the case like I had no idea um because I had just seen you know a sonogram and all of that is 16 weeks and she was fine and I wasn't feeling movement really yeah um but there was a very clear heartbeat and everything was perfect and so well and then I mean you hadn't felt her prior to that because you didn't know you were pregnant right which I think it's about at 16 weeks that mm-hmm. you could start maybe feeling baby yeah but if you and I don't know where your uterus like or where, where the placenta was attached and all that because I know that that can also change mm-hmm how much sensation you have yes. like if you i think if it's attached to the back, the back you have like, trouble yeah. actually feeling baby um which i've not had that so i can't speak from experience but i know that that does change right. things so i mean yeah if you had the perfect storm of not knowing right. <laughs> like you wouldn't know then you wouldn't know yeah and so um you know that's sad too and i feel like that's a really hard thing for moms to experience if you didn't, if you weren't really feeling movement and, but you just thought like that was normal. Like I'm still, you know, in my case, like at that time when I first got checked 16 weeks, I wasn't feeling it. Um, and then maybe thought I was, but I, it's not like super definitive kicks or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, by the time we went to that 20 weeks and, you know, found out then that like we had lost her in utero, you know, a few weeks prior to that or whatever, I didn't know, like, the, right. the feeling of having had activeness and then not. Right. Um, but, yeah. So, and then just, like, in continuing on with the, the journey of, you know, a stillbirth or a, a late miscarriage loss, then there's the whole kind of diagnosis of when that happens and you go and it's generally found, like, when there's no heartbeat and, a, and an appointment from a sonogram that usually moms either go to once they've stopped, like, feeling, feeling, and then they're worried um, or just, like, completely unexpected because you think everything's fine, which was the case with me. Um, and so um, after that, then, obviously, there's a lot of decisions to be made as far as the treatment for a stillbirth or late miscarriage loss. And so in a stillbirth case, like, they're um, going to give you lots of options of like, you can induce labor. Um, it could obviously, they're going to give you all the education and knowledge, hopefully on uh, a C-section and it could turn into like an emergency situation, um, in inducing labor because your body's really not like fully prepared for that at, right. at that time. And so, you know, they're just kind of forcing that to happen because your baby is, is gone or doesn't have a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, also the option of just like natural birth, which generally I didn't specifically know this, but in um, what I was reading about, it said generally your body will catch up within two weeks Mm -hmm. and you could have like a natural delivery or birth. I don't know specifically from my reading if that's more so in like a late or a term miscarriage or late or term stillbirth um, because I feel like I don't, yeah, I don't know if that if that would specifically happen. It, you know, if you lost it 20 weeks, then within two weeks your body would catch up and then you would go into labor or not. 
Um, cause I feel like that wasn't get That wasn't an option that was given to me. It was like, I had to choose to either like take the medication and, or to come in and like be induced and actually go through delivery and all of that. Right. Well, and I um, was, uh, since I was earlier than you, I think it was a little bit more of an option for me just because of like the risk factors uh-huh. as far as, cause I gave, I gave birth at home. Mm-hmm. So I was given three options. I was given um, like I think it's called expectant management, yeah. which is a weird way to put right. waiting. waiting. <laughs> yeah. And so I did a little bit of that. I waited for about a week and then decided to go ahead and take medication to induce labor yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, and so that was the second option was take medication mm-hmm. and that stuff is nasty. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I mean, that's for earlier on. If right. you were at the hospital, you would be probably hooked up yeah, with an IV and Pitocin, all correct. that jazz. So it'd be mm-hmm. like a normal birth, but not what uh-huh. you want as an outcome. Uh-huh. And then the other option was a DNC, which yes. is, um, I'm going to butcher this, um, but it actually stands for, uh, yeah, I shouldn't even try. Um, it's dilation and, oh uh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm forgetting. Like, well, obviously it starts with a C. So, um, <laughs> heritage? No, it? no, it's like, it's like a French word or something. Yeah. Wow. We're really, we, we're, we didn't research this. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, that, we weren't time, researching DNCs. That's probably a whole time, other, whole other thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. but basically, um, just, that was an option. Yeah. yeah. Removing, removing baby, removing just all the extra Correct. tissue and stuff that is built up in your uterus and, um, yeah, so I was given those three options and I, I could understand where you'd have a natural birth, like, or not, I'm not gonna call it natural, but like your body would catch on, mm-hmm. have a birth. Um, yeah, but I, it, it'd be interesting to see or know someone who had a baby late or, or had a, a stillbirth. stillbirth. Yeah. And, and then, then had and waited and, and had a birth. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure there's some risk with that. Right. With, um, I know infection is one of the uh-huh. risks, especially just the longer uh-huh. you wait. Um, but that that's fascinating to me. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I, I learned either. something. <laughs> I didn't know that either. So I thought that was very interesting because, I mean, like I said, that wasn't an option that was given to me. Not that I would have chosen that or that I could have done that because I don't believe that I could have. But, um, yeah, it was the same for me. It was like the DNC or be induced at that I had to be induced like at the hospital, at the hospital. because at that mm-hmm. time I was 20 weeks and it was um yeah so obviously like we had chose that but um yeah then in just like continued reading of this it was really just talking a lot about the aftercare which I feel like is very much like um kind of one like a regular like live birth delivery mm-hmm. um Obviously, like with Hadley, it was like very quick and it was very, you know, like I didn't have a lot of pain. I didn't have like intense contractions and I didn't have like all of the things that happen, you know, after like a full live birth. But um, you still have some of that. Like you still have like bleeding and you still have all of those things that your body has to recover from. Um, Same thing with like starting to like lactate like your body was preparing to like feed a baby um and so just really like 
giving yourself so much grace to like get through that time period of your life where you're kind of like recovering from that, from like delivery and birth. Um, but then also at the same time, like either planning a funeral or, you know, preparing to get ashes or like all the things. Um, yeah, it's just a really hard time. And that comes from like there's certain laws in certain states a lot of them post 20 weeks that right. you cannot take your baby home with you from the hospital Correct. as a stillborn and you have to go through that process. Correct. So. so that was the case with, with Adam and I. So we deliver in a different state than where we live, um, even though we've talked about that. It's very close. Like just across the bridge, we drive 30 minutes to the hospital where we deliver. But um, because we deliver out of state and um, our baby at the time was 20 weeks or if he just then we couldn't bring him or her back mm-hmm. across state lines without doing cremation. Um, and so we had to do that before we had to make that decision before we could leave the hospital. Right. So it's just like something no mom ever imagines doing. Yeah. Yeah. And especially early, not early, but like midway through your pregnancy you're definitely not on that oh yeah for sure process not and then you know like i said we were saying like the after the recovery of a stillbirth um you you know you're still kind of having all of those same things like in the hospital or wherever um you deliver at and your your body's still recovering from that like personally recovering and then also um you know recovering from a loss of, of your child and making all those decisions that come with that, it's really tough. Right. But Well, and I, I don't know. I feel like you were talking about stillbirth where people assume it's just like all the way at the end. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I had a friend go through that as well where she lost like 39 Right. Like the very, like yeah. Right at the end. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't even think about that being a possibility for her. And I'm sure she didn't either. For sure. And then going through – and, you know, it's interesting because people it, it treated it differently, mm-hmm. I feel like, than even my loss. And I'm not saying this to compare at all. Yes. But it was more like they could see the baby. Yeah. Like she was there at the funeral. Yeah. Um, You know, they had, they had her in a casket and everything. And so when you can see the loss. Oh, for sure. I think it just amplifies – the grief yes and like there was not a dry eye it was like one of the most beautiful terrible things i've ever attended yeah. in my life For sure. like beautiful in the way that they honored her mm-hmm. and like in such a short time yes had the service to not i mean you're not going to bring complete closure but like bring honor yeah and reverence to the moment um but at the same time you know you feel that in your mind when you miscarry. Yeah. But no one else experienced that Correct. experiences that. Yeah. So when I went through a late miscarriage, like I felt like there was a funeral in my head. And yes. there and we did have a small service mm-hmm. in our yard, but it wasn't to the magnitude of this. Right. And I think people need to realize that it very much feels like that magnitude to any mom who goes through yeah. a late miscarriage, stillbirth, whatever. Yes. Even if you don't have this big funeral, I mean, there is something that's died. Yeah. Not just your baby, but like inside of you. Yeah. And I think I had kind of maybe set up that in my story a little bit because I know that was very much the case for me that I felt like even though I knew and my mom and dad were there um, and so they did get to hold Hadley and see her and we all got to say 
you know, our goodbyes that day in the hospital. But like my siblings, whom I'm very close with and their spouses, who I'm very, very close with as well, they did not, you know, and they knew I was pregnant and they went through the whole like excited announcement with us. Um, but they weren't there and they didn't get to see her and they didn't get to hold her. And so even after like delivery and after we got the genetic testing back and we got very sweet things like from the hospital um, that were like, you know, then girl related because we knew that she was a girl and, you know, like a special hat and all these things. And we shared that with my siblings and my parents, um, like all got together and, and we did that and like told them the name and all of that. And it was very, very, very hard for me because I felt like even though I know like they were all in tears and their hearts were all broken too. To me personally, as the mom, I felt like you didn't even get to see her. Like she, was she even real to you? Um, Because we didn't get to have like a service and all this stuff Um, because, you know, we had to choose cremation because of our location. Um, And because it was so early on, I don't know that, um, you know, we, we have said, like, if I don't know if they would have been comfortable with, like, holding her and being a part of all of that right, anyways right. because of the time. Because um, it's very different at 20 weeks than right. a full-term baby. And so it was just hard to make it that as the mom, it felt like she was only special to me. Like, because I carried her for that time and then I delivered her and then I had to say goodbye to her. Um And other people didn't get that, you know, whereas when you do go full term or you have like a term stillbirth, um, you know, it, I do think it, it intensifies the grief even more so, but there's like, there's a baby that everyone gets to see and hold and Right. Right. Um, well, and, and with stillbirth, I mean, you have even more physical implications to deal with because you were saying you're going through the same process in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have any even bigger wave of initial like emotion, psychological repercussions for sure to deal with. And I see say deal with in like the most respectful yes. way, but like you really do need to acknowledge the presence. Cause I mean, just like a, a death of a loved one, you're mm-hmm. going to drive yourself nuts. If you just try to like push it away right. under the rug, like it never happened. It will crawl itself out of the rug yes. and, show up in your life in a whole different way Yeah. Um, later on. And so, I mean, just in the recovery of that, you really have to think about your uh, just psychological mm-hmm. well-being and And that would be health. my advice, I feel like, to like any mom that experiences like either an early stillbirth or a late miscarriage or even an early miscarriage. I mean, they're all important and all of those babies had a purpose in life. And I just feel like that's really a time that you need to like lean on the people who love you the most or, you know, join a grief group or something that you can talk about your feelings and just really have support for for you. Because I feel like a lot of moms, I, in my personal assumption, have to feel that way, you know, like that right. they didn't, nobody got to know my baby except for me right. um, in these cases of like early stillbirth or a late miscarriage or early miscarriage. Right. And I feel like it's good that we're talking about these things now and I know I've heard that from a lot of people who just know me oh wow it's like so brave of you to like talk about these things yes is it or is it time yeah you know like why why would we not why is there something shameful about that there's nothing shameful in losing your child that's right just a a freak thing you know absolutely and I had 
I have an older friend who, I mean, very much older. She, she knows who she is, so sorry. Very much older. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she lost, um, she had a term stillbirth uh-huh. at, like, in the 1950s. Uh-huh. And so then they thought it was way more humane to not show her her child Mm -hmm. and so her child was like whisked away from her right she never really got those moments of just holding her right and i think she got a photo or something Mm -hmm. that's it yeah and i think of that and i like my heart breaks over and over for her because she had no closure and she talks about it now like i mean she's had lots of years to think about it she's like, yeah, that was not the right choice for me. And yeah. I, that choice was made for me. Yeah. Instead of me being a part she of the choice. Say, yeah. And, and that just kills me because just to not, to not hold, like right. physically touch your child. Right. I can't, I can't even imagine. And that, like, to me, that would be something that, you know, nowadays would be considered like abusive. Yes. Like that's not absolutely. how we do that. But yeah. And those days, you just nodded, you nodded your head. Your doctor said you needed to do this. And like, you okay. did. Yeah. You did it. And they did have, like, um, a funeral for baby. But she was still in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, because they, I think, just did an immediate burial. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just think about that, how far we've come. Oh, for sure. Talking through these things, realizing that they matter and yeah and we don't need to be ashamed of them absolutely and now you know like in as heartbreaking as that is for her um you know that it's not like that now luckily and and even though like I said that's terrible but now you still have the option of all of the things with a normal delivery of like they're gonna do everything in their power to get or at least I would hope and in my case they did at um the hospital that I delivered but to get handprints and footprints and memories memories for you um because if I didn't have those things like yeah the same I don't know I feel like very much like your friend I would be thinking about it year after year after Mm -hmm. year for the next 30 40 50 years um until I was no longer here of like I that wasn't fair you know right it wasn't fair yeah yeah it makes me mad Right now. For sure. It's a go to war for her. It's like not. <laughs> when a time travel back to that all. moment yeah. in history. Yeah. I'm but not, just in like yeah. those things and it being talked about, there was very, you know, it was very like hush hush, I feel like, in the in our past of any of the forms of of loss. Right. Like it wasn't like there was one that was specifically talked about more. It was just like any at all. I right. feel like was kind of just like Let's move past it. Mom suffered on her own in whatever way she suffered, and everybody else moved past it. And in a way, kind of, I feel like moms were just expected to like move past it as well quickly. You know, there was other things happening and other things to do, or um, which I think you will you will see. And I have heard of stories where that manifested itself in a bad or poor way. Oh, for sure. In the lives of living children of of that person's spouse or. Mm whatever like later on in life where it could have been something where if handled with grace yeah that woman could have come to better terms with it you never yeah. get over it right but you do live with it and yeah. you you have the tools to live with it for sure and so yeah i just that just is cr- so crazy to yeah, me it breaks my um heart. but yeah stillbirth is, is 
like any form of loss is hard and we just really wanted to kind of do a quick overview yeah i don't know how quick we were but yeah (laughs) since we both experienced these particular forms these were more related to us so i feel like then we could share with all of you obviously how it kind of related to us and our experience and um yeah i'm sure some similarities to any moms who unfortunately have experienced the same thing or the same type of loss right and if you're a mom that has gone through stillbirth we want to give you a big digital hug right now absolutely and if you're someone who hasn't but you listen to this episode thanks for being a a good friend and learning something and we hope that you never need to use this information (laughs) ever absolutely but yeah i think that's where we're gonna gonna end it i think so we hope you have a great day or week or month or whatever's whatever is coming up for you and we'll talk soon day or week or month or even your year (laughs) or even your year (laughs) oh my gosh oh man well friends we'll talk to you later bye friends Thank you so much for joining us for the Stitches podcast today. We hope that if you want to get connected with us, you will join us at stitcheshaven.org. Or you can find us on our social media pages at Stitches Haven on both Facebook and Instagram. And of course, we would love it if you rated our show so others can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you.